The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Special shout-out to my friend, Yoshiko Dart. Wow. What a great show we have today. But I got to tell you, I meet these people across the United States and they'll say, I listen to your radio show. So I just want to thank you, all of you, because do you know what you're doing? You're helping me talk about quality of life and history for people with disabilities, which sadly is not done enough. And I am so excited today. You will be excited. Wait till you hear this guest because he is an executive in the United States that I must tell you many entry-level people, even people at mid-level, don't normally meet someone at this level. But that's not how he is. I've known him for years. He is a former Tony Quello Award winner. He is a wonderful person. He's an executive at Cigna. He holds a doctorate in global public health from Arizona School of Health Sciences, a Master of Science in Information Systems from Drexel University, an MBA from the University of Connecticut. Wonderful man. I can tell you now he's the real deal. I'm honored to have him as a friend. Welcome, welcome, Mark Boxer. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the chance to uh, to spend some time with you and your listeners today and be on Disability Matters. You have been a, a great friend and a great colleague, and, and your introduction is so kind. And, and you, Joyce, and Bender Consulting have done just incredible work um, advocating for the employment of those with disabilities. You're a good partner. You're a good friend. And most of all, a great leader in the disability community. I am honored to be here um, with you today on your show. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. But you know what? You are in a very senior executive role at Cigna. How about if you start by telling our listeners about Cigna, what Cigna does, and the size of the company for people listening on the show that do not know? Well, thank you, Joyce. I, I, I'd love to do that. So first of all, Cigna is what we call a global health services company. And what we're all about is we're all about helping people improve their health, their well-being, and most of all, their sense of security. You know, our focus as a company is how we can give our customers, you know, health benefits, but also services and tools that help them live life to the fullest and support what we call the unique you, which is really creating um, personalized experiences and personalized services tailored to help those who are healthy stay healthy, those that are at risk of being unhealthy get better, and those who may have chronic illnesses live the best possible life they possibly can. Um, what most people don't realize about Cigna is that we operate in 30 countries, um, we've got approximately 80 million customer relationships around the world, uh, 35,000 employees uh, who represent different cultures, different beliefs, and different values. And most of all, we are passionate about employing those who reflect the communities and cultures we operate in, including those in the disability community. Um, we take a very active, affirmative approach to making sure that every one of our team members, no matter who they are, develop an appreciation for what is required to deliver both an individual and a collective experience for our customers. And that requires us as a company, as an individuals, as employees, to take different ways of thinking um, and approach the work using diverse communication styles. Um, at Cigna, we recognize the whole person, um, and we define and celebrate diversity in many, many different ways. And that includes traditional definitions, right, those that we think about when we think about diversity, race, religion, gender, sex, and even ability, but we also extend that thinking to non-traditional differences work styles, preferred languages, education levels, health status, veteran status, national origin, ancestry, sexual orientation, gender identity, marital status, and more. 
Um, so that approach is much more than a cultural diversity program. It's part of who we are. It's in our DNA, um, if you will. And maintaining that type of open, welcoming environment, you know, that encourages um, what we consider to be a truly healthy workplace, psychologically um, and physically as well. Um, and that includes everyone that we touch around the globe, including our employees, our customers, our partners, and even our communities. Now, the way that we support, you know, what we consider to be an open and welcoming environment for employees in the communities we serve is by working with a variety of organizations, and those require unique and creative partnerships. So, for example, we work with veterans organizations to help get vets back into the workforce. We're honored to have a relationship with your firm, Bender Consulting, you know, to partner, to connect us with talented disabled professionals. And I can tell you in IT, you know, we've been fortunate to work with you and your team to hire some very, very talented individuals with disabilities to work in IT and ultimately create a great experience for our our customers. We partner with other organizations like the American Association of People with Disabilities, the Gay and Lesbian Medical Association, the National Association of Hispanic MBAs, just to name a few. And one example um, that I would cite that was very creative is our partnership with an organization called Achilles International. Achilles' mission is to bring hope, inspiration, and the joy of achievement to people with disabilities by giving them the ability to set goals, um, physical activity goals, and then achieve and make long-term improvements to their health and fitness. And in support of that mission, Cigna's goal is to promote, you know, reducing, obviously, absence and assisting customers to get back to work and get on with their lives faster, as well as provide additional involvement opportunities for Cigna. So together, Cigna and Achilles are helping our customers who may be on long-term disability leave get back to the kind of life that they want to have. And that's just one example of Cigna's focus on disabilities. Um, We also have a unique approach to disability management which um, makes us better at preventing and reducing absence and improving disability programs for employers who are working to partner with us to make their employees healthier. Um, So we've got a lot of different programs in place um, that are very, very creative, um, but we always have to think about doing more. And as you know, most disability companies are, you know, focused primarily on helping disabled employees get back to work, and we do that extremely well. Um, we deliver um, disability duration rates that are 8% better than the industry average, but our experience has shown us that by employing an offensive approach to disability management, we can actually help our clients save even more and deliver better programs. Um, we bake those services into our plans because we know it's not only about a, a physical health, it's also about emotional health, and that's the key to productivity. Um, and because of our experiences, we deliver very, very good results for our employer customers. So we've got a very, very unique approach to not only partnering with organizations to bring those with disabilities into the workforce, but also partnering with employers to deliver programs on behalf of their employees. But our work goes way beyond that because we think we can do well and do good at the same time. We have a number of employee-led colleague resource groups, Joyce, where we have these employees come together to meet regularly to discuss, you know, areas of concern, areas of opportunity around demographics. So these may be women, young adults, and individuals with disabilities. So, for example, our Disability Colleague Resource Group, which I'm honored to be the executive sponsor for, as you know, recently hosted a panel discussion on disability and disability in the workforce for all of our employees. And Joyce, you know, first of all, thank you for being one of the fantastic guest panelists at the event. Um, It was a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for us to educate our workforce, and we very much appreciate you participating But most of all, helping our employees better understand how to tap into the incredible talent pool that disabled population represents. The goal for the event, as you know, was for our panelists to share personal stories and clarify misperceptions about what a disability is. And I am proud and honored to note that we had incredible attendance at this event, and it's now created new pathways and new channels for employment, which is what we know this is all about. Because we know knowledge is power, and this event helped our employees to think in new ways about abilities and what we can collectively do to help not only our employees better understand, but also our customers and clients be more effective. So to sum it up, at the end of the day, Cygnus promises to understand and nurture everyone's individual strengths to help them achieve what matters most in their life, and that includes that talent pool that represented by the disability population. Well, thank you, and I just want to say... Um, a few things. Number one, I'll bet many of our listeners did not realize the size of Cigna globally, but I think you can all tell from hearing Mark speak why he was named a Tony Coelho Award winner. I mean, this leadership starts where? 
at the top. You all have heard me talk about that before. And it always starts at the top with Mark Boxer. So, Mark, we thank you so much for that. And about that wonderful, great event you had at Cigna that I must say was one of the most well-planned events I've ever been to, I just want to say to all of you, not only did Mark Periello speak, but Ted Kennedy Jr. also spoke. So that gives you an idea of the credibility that Mark has to see those two people attend, and, and it was phenomenal. Um, Mark, how about telling our listeners about you, what you do at Cigna? I would love to, Joyce. Thank you. So um, I'm part of Cigna's enterprise leadership team, um, report for our CEO, uh, David Cordani, and serve as the global chief information officer for Cigna. So as the CIO, um, I've got responsibility for all of Cigna's technology functions, application development, um, and that includes things like the back office, claims processing, as well as things that, that touch the customer directly, like mobile apps, websites, and so forth, as well as the underlying infrastructure, our networks, our data centers, telecommunications, for our call centers, um, information security, hardware, software, anything related to technology. Um, but an increasingly important part of the role of IT here is to assist sales and service teams in ultimately helping our, our customers, helping our customers select the right products, helping them enroll, and then ultimately serving them um, once they decide to become a Cigna customer. We also, from a technology perspective, work with clinicians and other healthcare professionals, helping them understand, you know, what are the right tools and capabilities needed to deliver clinically to our customers. We provide tools and services to help improve health and health outcomes, um, to stratify risk, to better design products and services, and provide insight and information to find new and innovative ways to deliver care and provide treatments, things like telemedicine, for example, um, enabling through the web and through mobile capabilities that, um, you know, several years ago, not that far in the, in the past, were delivered, you know, um, instead of virtually, physically. So, again, it's providing the right tools and capabilities for the customer to experience healthcare in the way that they want in a very personalized way. And I'm, I'm very excited about my role for several reasons. First of all, at the end of the day, what we're about at Cigna is two things. Um, we only have really two assets. We have our people and we have information. Those are really the assets that we have around which we build our products and services. Our people, when I think about the capabilities and the potential of bringing more employees into the workforce who may have a disability and the talent pool that exists there, I get very, very excited as a senior leader at Cigna about what the potential could be and is represented there with partnerships like Bender Consulting. But around information and the tools and capabilities that we provide, you know, it's interesting as a technologist, when I think about um, uh, usability, when I think about the user experience, when I think about access for all and what that means, um, I think that actually helps us design better products and services for everyone. So orienting around what it may mean to have to have a design that is accessible to everyone ultimately leads to a design that's better for everyone at the end of the day. And as a technologist, that is very, very rewarding um, to me. But most of all, what gets me jazzed up is about providing the capabilities, tools, and services for our customers to live the best possible life they possibly can, no matter where they are and no matter who they are. Well, and you do that extremely well, extremely well, Mark. Hey, we're going to go to break for a minute, um, and then we'll be back. But if you just joined us, we're talking to Mark Boxer, Executive Vice President and Global Chief Information Officer for Cigna Corporation, a true leader for Americans with disabilities searching for one thing, and that would be employment. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Mark. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. 
From the vehicles we drive to life-saving medical devices, high-performance materials from Bayer Material Science contribute to the creation of products that positively affect our lives every day. Bayer has long believed in the competitive talent that people with disabilities contribute to the workplace, to our workplace. Such a diverse workforce is essential to helping us fulfill our mission. Bayer, science for a better life. For more information, please visit materialscience.bayer.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. We're talking to Mark Boxer, Executive Vice President and Global Chief Information Officer at Cigna Corporation. And we've been talking about his great leadership. He's a former Tony Quello Award winner. Well, once a Tony Quello Award winner, always a Tony Quello Award winner. And, Mark, you know, you have different things that have happened that have really led you to, shall I say, extra commitment to what you already would do. Um, and one of them is with your daughter. Would you mind talking about that? Well, sure, uh, Joyce. I, you know, I like to orient around this and, and think about this in the, in the following way. Everyone in their life, I think, um, has a moment of truth. Um, when you know, they sort of have to stop, reflect, and think about sort of what's important uh, and how they want to orient around different issues. Um, and that moment of truth happened with my daughter about um, seven years ago. And that's really... It was an important topic um, for me before that, but became even more personal at that moment of truth, um, so to speak. So about seven years ago, um, we had a traumatic event um, in our life that caused us to basically stop and and think about um, the trajectory that we were on. And for me, it was the experience that we had when my daughter became quite ill um, with uh, something called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Um, and as you know, Joyce, there are more than 2 million Americans that experience some sort of adverse reaction to medication each and every year. Um, and one of those reactions, and actually the most severe reaction anyone can experience, is something called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. It's interestingly enough called fire in the flesh. That's sort of the, the term that's used for it. But when, what ends up happening is um, usually in reaction to a medication, and actually there are several medications this can happen around. Um, in my daughter's case, it happened around ibuprofen. Um, basically what ends up happening is the, the child, and these are most nearly always children, begin to experience an allergic reaction to a medication, and that allergic reaction manifests itself um, as a burn. Um, and in fact, you can't tell the difference between a child who's been unfortunately in a fire or those that are experiencing this adverse reaction called Stevens-Johnson syndrome because essentially their flesh starts to almost consume itself. Um, and it's highly unpredictable. Um, and it's an incredibly traumatic event. Many of these children, um, in fact, about 30%, unfortunately, um, uh, it becomes a fatality for them. 
Uh, and many of these children, um, if they do survive, end up with very, very severe um, ocular issues, and many of them, in fact, end up blind. So what, what happens is, you know, this adverse reaction to medication happens. The child experiences something called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. They start experiencing second and third degree burns on their body, and they begin to have issues with, um, with their breathing, with their eyesight, and, and unfortunately, it sometimes becomes fatal. So as I said, about seven years ago, our daughter, you know, experienced this reaction. She ended up in the intensive care unit, Connecticut Children's Medical Center. Um, fortunately for her, um, she came out of it, you know, well and survived um, with some very, very minor complications. But unfortunately, not every child is as lucky as my daughter. Um, and it sensitized us to the challenges that can happen because of this and also got us, you know, much more involved with the disability community. We became part of the Stevens-Johnson uh, Syndrome Foundation. Um, my daughter began to work on public education campaigns because, you know, it in fact is um, sometimes termed the fourth leading cause of, of death in this country, but um, is not usually thought about uh, until it actually occurs. So she started to work with, um, with the government here in Connecticut and actually across the country. She started to work with hospitals um, and primary care physicians to educate them because early diagnosis and treatment is the best indicator of survival for this situation. But out of, you know, out of this tragedy came a passion and a commitment to do even more for the disability community. And as I said, for our family, for my daughter, for my wife, for myself, it became one of those moments of truth that I think in many ways changed our orientation around what it means um, to work with the disability community, what it means to to really take action um, and activity around improving the lot and improving the employment for those that have any sort of disability uh, in their life. My daughter is doing quite well now. Fast forward today, seven years later, she's graduating from high school um, in about 30 days. She'll be heading off to college um, to study uh, both marine biology and, and global studies. And her passion and her dream and her drive is to really apply science, you know, in very, very meaningful ways um, to improve, you know, um, uh, the lives of those around her um, in the U.S., but also in developing countries. Um, so she's done service trips in Uganda. She's done service trips in Mexico. Um, and I think, you know, out of, the, out of this adversity, I think she's become a more caring and compassionate person. You know, I'd like to think so. And as a family, I think we've become more focused on, on helping those in the disability community. So thank you for asking. You know, um, I put a plug in for people. If they haven't heard of Stevens Johnson syndrome, um, educate yourselves. Um, if you are taking a medication and you start to experience some reaction, again, early diagnosis and treatment is key. Um, and as I said, you know, it, it disproportionately impacts children. And, you know, this can be addressed, but it, it takes, you know, aggressive and, and early action. Well, you know, Mark, why, why do you think so few people know about this? Well, I think a couple of reasons, Joyce. One is, you know, it is not, you know, um, as common as many other illnesses or chronic situations. Two, the reporting of adverse drug reactions is not as sophisticated um, in this country as it is for other illnesses. And three, I just don't think it's, you know, it's been as out there in terms of the press. It's getting a lot more notice now than it ever has, but it just has not gotten as much press as other, as other illnesses or situations. But unfortunately, you know, as, as more medications are brought to market and as more medications are prescribed, you know, unfortunately there are sometimes adverse reactions that happen, uh, and these are becoming more common. Um, I think part of it is education, part of it is early diagnosis, and part of it is aggressive treatment and action. Um, and part of that, again, is, is having active advocacy out in the community, working this as my daughter has, has done. Um, but again, it just has not gotten as much visibility out in the press. Right. Well, first of all, thank goodness your uh, daughter's okay. And, you know, I think it's great you talk about it so more people know about this because I know for some people, like Julie, who we both know, um, phenobarbital and a few other epilepsy medications can cause this reaction. And the worst part about this is that you don't know until you have the reaction. Yeah, exactly. So, so Julie McCauley, whose um, mom you know, actually started the Stevens-Johnson Syndrome Foundation, and, and they've been wonderful advocates for, for education and, and has, have served really very much as a convener for the Stevens-Johnson community, um, have done just an incredible job of getting the story out there and getting uh, notice around the, the issue. 
Um, Julie's doing better. You know, unfortunately, she has had some ocular issues, as we've seen in some of the, the work that her mom has put out there in the, in the press. And so they've made it their, their life mission to really educate and engage, you know, clinicians, but also families to make sure that, you know, that what has been experienced by, by Julie isn't experienced by anyone else if it can be prevented. Right. Yeah, they are awesome. They are absolutely awesome. So, Mark, um, I have another question for you, and that is, as you well know, you and I have worked together on the employment of people with disabilities, but 70% of Americans with disabilities are not even counted in the workforce today. The largest group unemployed are Americans with disabilities. So why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so hard for people with disabilities to gain employment? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a question that we wrestle with, Joyce, as we think about how do we remove the barriers, so to speak, to employment for those with, with disabilities. And it's interesting, when you think about the disability community, right, it's the only minority group that any of us could become a member of. Right. At any point in time in our lives, we ourselves or someone that, that is close to us or someone that we know can become disabled to become part of the disability community. Um, I think in many ways, the, the issues that we face are not so much about the physical barriers, they're about the attitudes. I think there are still some very, very antiquated views of what it means to have a disability, right? Um, there are still those that have the perception that it's a roadblock or a barrier or a hindrance to performance. As we know, that is absolutely not true. And in, in my own personal experiences with being a, a leader and a manager that has hired those with disabilities, they are, in fact, the highest performing employees that you could ever find because there is an incredible amount of gratitude um, when they become employed because, as you know, it's very difficult for a person or an individual to, with a disability to get employed. You know, in the past, it wasn't discussed or addressed openly, and I think that is changing, and hopefully, you know, we are being catalysts for that change. You know, I'm an optimist. I believe the views are, are changing, evolving, and that people are getting, you know, a different orientation around what it means to be um, someone with a disability, to perceive someone with a disability, and then to hire someone with a disability. But uh, I also admit that as a society in the professional business world, we have a long way to go. Um, I do think that disabilities, or rather different abilities, as Cygnus sees it, can be a strength to be leveraged, not something that has to be dealt with or made to fit in, so to speak. Um, we uh, celebrate people with diverse backgrounds, whether it's racial or cultural, religious, sexual orientation, or even perhaps physical or cognitive attributes. Everyone brings value and makes us stronger as an organization and stronger than any one individual. I think as we increase the visibility and the awareness of those differences, and most importantly, educate and increase the understanding of what it means to have different abilities, we'll advance the agenda further and further away from the stigma and challenges that people have faced in finding meaningful employment, but I acknowledge that we do have a long way to go. Um, and I think the attitudes are the challenge, right? The barriers are in our mind. The barriers are not physical. And in fact, something interesting, when you think about, right, removing barriers, so to speak, and people always orient around the physical barriers first, whether it's curb cuts or accessibility and things like that, the changes that have been made in terms of making buildings and environments more accessible have benefited everybody right? You can bring your suitcases, you can wheel a shopping cart, you can do all those things because now we've made environments more accessible. And I think we'll see that on the attitudinal side. I think as we open up opportunities for those with disabilities, right, and open up the optics, so to speak, as opposed to the physical barriers, we'll see environments becoming more welcoming and more accessible for everybody, not just those with disabilities. Yes. And that attitudinal barrier has got to go. But you know how it goes when you hire someone. That is what makes the biggest difference. It's when you hire someone. Well, Mark, as I have already discussed, you and a small group received the prestigious Tony Quello Award at the AAPD Justice for All. I mean, from the AAP Justice for All time period. What, what did that mean to you? Well, Joyce, a couple of things. Um, first of all, it was an incredible honor um, to be recognized with those words. And when you think about what the name Tony Quello means um, and the landmark um, legislation that Tony championed, you know, author of the American with Disabilities Act when he was in the House of Representatives. And, and that legislation, as we know, 
provided the pathway for people with disabilities to have equal access, employment, public facilities, transportation, to make them, you know, full and active participating members of society, groundbreaking legislation. It, it was an incredible honor to be recognized uh, in that way. But it also, for me, served as a reminder of how much more work um, we have to go. And when you think about, you know, um, certainly the progress that's been made since that groundbreaking legislation, but also the work that we have ahead of us, I'm honored, but at the same time, I'm humbled. Um, when I think and consider that we still have a long way to go, Joyce, people with disabilities constitute the nation's largest minority group. As we know, and as I said, it's the only minority group that any of us can become a member of at any point in time. Um, we've seen the number of Americans with disabilities increase, right, outpacing any other subgroup of the U.S. population, the single largest minority group seeking employment, right? Um, and of, you know, everyone in the U.S., right, who, in fact, doesn't know a family member, a friend, a colleague, someone close to them who has some disability? Um, the statistics are scary. You know, 65% of working-age adults with disabilities are unemployed. Of those working adults, nearly one-third earn an income below the poverty level. People with disabilities are nearly twice as likely as people without disabilities to have an annual household income of $15,000 or less. The unemployment rate for people with disabilities is 10 times greater than the national unemployment rate. So, again, I, I am humbled um, and honored by receiving the award, but it also reminds me that we still have a lot more work to do in front of us and the heavy lifting is not yet done. And the commitment needs to start with us individually as leaders and managers. Making the commitment to hire someone with a disability, it starts with a job. Right? At the end of the day, as you remind me, all too often it starts with a job. Identifying a position, you know, aggressively going after somebody with a disability, and closing that job for that person. That's what it's about. It's closing the gaps one job at a time every single day. And that's what, that's what that award and recognition reminds me of. I'm honored, but at the same time, it reminds me we've got a lot more work to do in front of us, Joyce. Yes, and I just want to say um, so, so true about it's all about hiring people because I remember, you know, there are people that call me and they will say, Joyce, this is a great thing you're doing. Hey, we'll get back to you, but they don't do anything. I remember when Mark called me one day and said, it's all about jobs, isn't it? And, and that's the thing with Mark Boxer. It is all about jobs. Hey, we have a caller on the line right now. Uh, caller, do you want to go ahead? Hey, yes. Uh, this is Mark Periello from AAPD. How are you doing, Mark? How are you doing, Joyce? Hey, how are you? I am Hi, Mark. Great. How are you? I am doing really well. It's a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C. Um, good day to make justice for people with disabilities. That is right. Yep. So I am just calling to say, um, you know, thank you, Mark, for your leadership. Um, you know, I don't, I didn't catch the beginning of the show, I will admit, and so I'm not sure if folks know about the amazing forum um, that you really spearheaded at Cigna um, around people with disabilities. Um, Joyce Bender was there. Um, Ted Kennedy Jr. was there. Actually, on the day that he was announcing his run for um, Connecticut uh, State Senate, um, had the time to go to Cigna. Um, to speak with a packed auditorium. Um, it was just a really outstanding event um, and really a, a sign of your leadership and commitment to people with disabilities. Um, because what folks might not know is it wasn't just people with disabilities in the room, it was the entire staff of Cigna that was invited to this event. Um, and it was just about hiring and employing people with disabilities. So just absolutely outstanding. Well, thank you, Mark, and thank you again for your support and your engagement and your, your leadership and participation. It was, it was a groundbreaking event for us in, in many ways. Um, it wasn't a series of presentations, you know. It was really a dialogue, and the, and the objective was to um, orient our employees and leaders and get them thinking in a different way about what it means to have a disability and what it means to employ someone with a disability. And, you know, there were many, many touching moments um, at the event, there were people that, for the first time, you know, felt comfortable disclosing that they had a disability, talking about some of the challenges they had, but also at the same time acknowledging the support they had gotten from Cigna. And, and as a leader at Cigna, that was very, very meaningful. Yourself, Joyce, Ted Kennedy Jr., um, I think created an environment of discussion and a dialogue that I think has us now thinking about employment and employment of those with disabilities in ways beyond that that was ever imagined by those participating. And for that, we thank you very much. 
Well, thank you. Um, it was really great to see um, see you in action. Hey, Ted, while you're on here, Mark, uh, how many people approximately were there, Mark? Oh, gosh. Well, we had, I, oh, oh, we had over 3,000 participating, Joyce. We had, we had to turn away people in the room. We had people on video conferences, dialing in on audio conferences. And, you know, over, over in fact, 10% of Cigna's entire population participated at that event in one way, shape, or form. Wow. wow. Is that not amazing? I, you know, I just wanted you to hear again what Mark said. It was live. It was, you know, sent out everywhere, live streamed everywhere. But even in that huge auditorium, they had to turn people away. Yeah, I one, mean, one that, of the most touching, that was yeah, astonishing was, to me. And I'll, and I'll say something, and I'll embarrass Ted Kennedy Jr. a little bit, Joyce, if I can. And I'll say something touching. Uh, as you know, Joyce, um, we had somebody from outside of Cigna asked to attend a mom with a daughter who was mm. um, actually going through the same challenge that, mm-hmm. that Ted Kennedy Jr. himself had gone through, and, and she asked permission, even though she wasn't part of Cigna, to come to the event and listen to him speak, um, which was quite meaningful for her um, and touching to watch. But at the end of the session, to watch Ted Kennedy Jr. then take you know, several hours of his personal time and spend time with that young girl who was now you know, sort of facing the same challenge that he had faced and trying to, to figure out what it means to her personally and how she's going to navigate her life was just, you know, incredibly touching and goes to the point of what a kind and generous person, you know, Ted Kennedy Jr. is. That is so true. That is right on. Yes, that was Mark Ray's daughter, Kelly, and she is an awesome young woman. That was so spectacular. Um, and also, Mark Periello, he was the moderator and I just want to say, Mark, you did a great job. I think you, it's always difficult to be an MC and moderator, and you kept us on task, kept us focused, and most of all, kept the dialogue engaging and, um, and focused. And for that, you know, we could not be more appreciative. Cool. You got it. Um, the pleasure was mine. I mean, I got to work with a really great team of yours at Cigna. Well, thank you. And, and again, Mark Periella is the CEO of AAPD, AAPD.com, the largest cross-disability membership group in the United States. And, Mark, I so appreciate you taking time to call in. You got it. Thank um, you, Mark. Have a great afternoon. All right. Thank you. Bye. Such a good person and such a great organization. It's so nice of him to take time to call in. Wonderful. Yes. So, Mark, uh, there are many young people listening to the show today, facing obstacles to gaining employment. It's so hard, and they get so discouraged. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, so it's, it's a challenge, Joyce, right? We know that, and it's um, personally and professionally difficult for them to, in many ways, find employment. Many of these, these young people that you're talking about are highly educated, highly motivated, yet just can't get a foot in the door. There's a few things that I say, and I've had the chance to, to mentor some of them, and help some of them, I tell them, don't wait for anyone to save them, right? Take a stand, take ownership, drive for a position. As you remind us, Joyce, focus on the paycheck, not pity, right? Find a mentor, find an advocate, make an ask, push. Don't be ashamed. Don't be defined by your disability. Network, use education as a leverage point, and and celebrate your difference most of all. Take pride in the disability difference. Don't hide from it. Um, There are employers like Cigna and others who need want and desire your talent. So first and foremost, know that you're talented and abled just in a different way. Second, be outspoken about your different abilities. At Cigna, we're asking all of our employees to rethink the way they view disabilities. And that includes being open and candid about what you need to do to support for support for different abilities. Don't shy away from it. Take challenges and circumstances head on. And know, again, that there are many companies just like Cigna that realize the power of diverse workforce and actually celebrate bringing those with disabilities into the workplace. But I acknowledge it's a challenge. It's hard. It's difficult. Um, but again, you know, taking a stand, taking ownership, and driving, 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 focusing on your abilities, not your disabilities, is, is key. And, and, you know, I so like what you said, Mark. The part about don't wait You know, I always tell young people with disabilities, don't wait. No one is going to save you. There isn't a knight in shining armor. They're going to come through the door. Here you have your job. You have to get up and work hard on that every day. I'm really glad you said that, Mark, because many people 
unfortunately lower the bar for young people with disabilities. And when they lower the bar, that sort of gets into I can't do it. So I'm really glad you gave them that advice. You know, Joyce, it's interesting because when I look at the workforce, and you you and I both know there are, are situations that we could recite about individuals who have faced diversity because of their disability. They show up better. Um, they're present, they're engaged, and their productivity is higher. They are the highest levels of performer in the organization. Um, and these are folks that have had to overcome a challenge, get a foot in the door. But once they get that job, they demonstrate they are the highest performers in the organization. Um, so I say to, to leaders and managers out there, take a chance. Bring someone into the organization. Partner with Bender Consulting. You know, find an opportunity. You're going to see for yourselves these are the highest-performing employees that you can possibly bring onto the team. Give them a chance. Yes, and I always tell uh, hiring managers, they'll say things to me like, oh, it's stressful, and I'll say, stressful. This person went through the windshield of a truck, became paralyzed, you know, 500 stitches in it. You think he can't handle call center or programming or finance or accounting? I mean, really? This real champion for people with disabilities who is known nationally was here today, Madonna Long. She told the story of how when she was 17 years old, she was uh, in a school bus in Utah at a ski resort, and the bus was going down, and the bus lost the brakes. And to save everyone and not go over the cliff, the driver had to actually run into the side of a mountain. A boulder came down and hit the back where Madonna and her friend were seated and sadly, tragically killed her best friend, Donna became paralyzed. And she was in here today in her wheelchair. She's like a real dynamo. And I said, well, you know, how did that impact you? And she said, well, I grieved more for my best friend than what happened to me. She said, so what, I'm in a wheelchair. I just go everywhere I want. And she is, like, so awesome. But my point is, you have no idea what people with disabilities go through. I assure you, they can handle stress at work. And, you know, Joyce, you and I recall the story. You know, there was a horrible snowstorm, and our employees, you know, were having a difficult time getting to work. And you know the story I'm referring to. And and people were having a hard time getting to work, and we had an individual um, in a wheelchair, right, who had um, gotten himself a vehicle and had taught himself to drive, who do you think one of the first people were to show up to work that day? Mm-hmm. It was that individual. Yes. Got himself to work, got out in the snow and was there, ready to work. Everybody else was finding their way into the, the office that day. It's interesting, Joyce. I'll have you know, other managers and leaders you know, across the country in different organizations ask me, well, you know, how many can we afford to take on and how are we going to pay for it? And, and here's what I say you know, around the business case for hiring people with, with disabilities. They demonstrate the characteristics and the traits that are really about superior performance, right? And a lot of that is about gratitude, right? Gratitude is a trait that leads to success at work. Um, People with disabilities are grateful to receive a job offer. They're grateful to go to work every day. They're grateful to have an opportunity, right? They have above-average attendance records. In fact, they're top performers, right? They see competitive employment. They see a job. They see a paycheck as a treasure, right? And I'll tell you, in my experiences, and this is talking from my own um, point of view relative to the people that I've brought into various organizations, right, they're dedicated, they're loyal, they have higher retention rates, right, and that's a result of the gratitude that they have for the positions. So for those that haven't taken a chance, take a chance. You'll see for yourself. Yes, how true that is. Well, Mark, a few things I want to talk about before we end the show, and one is you. You... Obviously, I read your academic background, your achievements. Uh, It's clear you have accomplished so much in your life. Uh, But what would you say? What is your greatest accomplishment? My greatest accomplishment is my family, Joyce. Um, It has to be. Um, I've got two wonderful daughters I'm blessed with, um, Sarah and Elizabeth. Um, Sarah is a junior at University of Connecticut. Um, We'll be heading to law school when she graduates. She wants to um, practice public interest law. She's going to go get a JD and an MSW at the same time, and um, we're very, very proud of her. She's been working at the Connecticut Children's Law Center here in Connecticut as an intern and um, really focused on, on children who have the, the most um, legal needs of any population and could not be more proud of, of the focus that she has. And then Elizabeth, who I spoke about, who overcame 
her own adversity in her own life with Stephen Johnson syndrome and is now graduating from high school, heading off to university to study marine biology, marine science, and global studies. Um, and most of all, a great and supportive wife, Michelle. So with me, it, it starts and ends with my family. That is my, my greatest accomplishment. Everything else is secondary to that. I've had a wonderful career. I've had the opportunity to, um, to have a huge impact in terms of the healthcare system in this country. But most of all, it's really about my, my family. But I do derive great, you know, um, uh, great passion and great accomplishment by helping others. You know, I think it's really about for those that are in leadership positions or those in managerial positions, extending a hand and reaching out to those that maybe have not had the same set of opportunities or the same fortune and bringing those along with us. Um, and for me, that really drives a lot of what I do every, every single day. It's about my family, about the mission that we're on, and about helping others. And I know that sounds, you know, um, a little bit, um, you know, cornball, but at the end of the day, that's really what, what drives me, and that's what my passion is all, is all about. But I could not be more proud of my family, could not um, celebrate more of the wonderful daughters that I've had and being blessed with a great and supportive wife. Well, testament to you. I, somehow I knew this would be what you'd talk about. Not, you know, accomplishments, awards, whatever. I, knew, I just knew it would be your family. Um, and that comment you made about sounding cornball, absolutely not. What you sounded like to me is a great leader that believes in paying it forward and a leader who serves. So to me... That's just part of the greatness of you, Mark. Well, thank you, Joyce. You're very, very kind. And you're very humble. Just so you all know, you know how it's hard to get to an executive vice president? Never have I had a hard time. Um, I mean, he is not someone who is condescending or thinks he's better than other people. All people, all levels, uh, Mark talks to the same way. So, Mark, before we end the show today... What message would you like to leave with our leaders? You know, it's an interesting question. We've covered a lot of ground today, Joyce, but I guess I'd say a few things. Um, the first is when people, when managers, when leaders thought, think about the barriers, right, to employment, the barriers are not curbs. The barriers are not escalators. The barriers are not doors. The barriers are not ramps. The barriers are attitudinal. They're in our mind. We have to start by changing the attitudes around how we view and how we think about Disability. So I would make an ask to the listeners today. If you've already made that, that change, um, thank you. I applaud you. I appreciate you. If you haven't yet had a chance to reflect on that, please think about the way you view disabilities, right? It's not about disabilities. It's about abilities. It's about different abilities. And I think the more that we know, the more that we understand, the more we talk openly about the issues as we did at the forum, Joyce, that you, that you joined us at and that Mark joined us at and Ted Kennedy Jr. joined us at, the faster I think that we can address the inappropriate and inaccurate biases and views that many of us carry. Um, if you're in a leadership role, I'm going to make another ask. Take action to make a difference. Make diversity, make acceptance, make understanding of different abilities, not something that has to be overcome, but something that's becoming a vital and, and natural part of the way that we work and most of all the way that we live. Um, it's important as us as leaders and as managers to paint a vision right, to find a path, but most of all, take action. So I'd make a last ask to those on the phone. Um, if you're in a position where you have the chance to provide an opportunity for someone with a disability to be employed, take action. Take action today, take action tomorrow, take action the day after that, because it all starts and it all ends with employment. It's providing opportunities for those that may not have the lever point or the opportunity to get a job easily, and that's an ask that I would make. Um, Joyce, you know, the great work that you do, that Bender Consulting is doing, along with many other organizations, big and small, whether it be the AAPD or Roses for Autism, which is a local organization here in Connecticut that just does incredible work. And by the way, if your listeners are looking or need to order flowers for Mother's Day or some other event or activity, Roses for Autism is a wonderful organization um, that provides incredible um, uh, floral arrangements and one that people should look up on the web and, and use if at all possible. Um, cannot emphasize enough how powerful it is to support and empower those with different abilities, whether it's from being part of a diverse workforce or in our personal lives um, each and every day. Joyce, I appreciate the work you're doing. 
I appreciate the work well, your company's well, Mark, doing. You've been before, a wonderful partner you go, to Cigna. Before you go, we have yeah. one, uh, one caller on the line we can't miss. Caller, okay. go ahead. Mark, Tony Quello. I just wanted to call and say thank you for all that you're doing to hire people with uh, disabilities and the leadership you've shown to get others to do the same. Uh, those of us in our community, we really appreciate uh, your leadership, and I wanted to make sure that I got a moment to call in today to thank you. Well, Tony, thank, thank you for all you've done, and, and wow, I don't know what to say. I'm, there are a few times that I'm speechless, Joyce, and I am truly speechless. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the passion. Thank you for the drive, and, and thank you for helping us pave the path. But again, thank you, thank you very much for calling in today. Thank I you. I appreciate it uh, very much. No problem. I wanted to make sure I got to it. I rushed uh, in order to get here to make the phone call just because I think the world of what you've done. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Tony. Tony Quello, how awesome of you to call in. We all love you, Tony. Thank you, Joyce. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. How about that, Mark? Wow, what a, what a way to end the show, Joyce. There are a few times <laughs> yeah. that I'm speechless, and I am speechless. It just doesn't get better than that. Yes, my engineer, my my great engineer, Kevin, gave me the heads up, and I thought, hey, I'm going to interrupt anything for Tony to talk to Mark. Absolutely, absolutely. That was just just so, so very awesome. And, uh, Mark, we end every show with a quote from someone who has impacted so many lives in a good way. And you're just not going to believe where this quote is from. But this quote is Mark Boxer, the Tony Quello Award Ceremony. And Mark said, leadership starts at the top. The measure of success comes not from opening the door, but from hiring someone with a disability. Mark, thank you so much. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you again, and thank you to your listeners. All right, everyone. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.